Welcome to the Leadership Antidote Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Kim. Hello, Avery. Hello, Kim. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and for being a guest. I am so excited to have you. No problem. This is an absolute honor. You know, it's funny. When I um, first decided to launch the podcast, you were one of the guests. I was like, no matter what, Avery has to be on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So if you gave me a no, I would have went to your wife. Like, I need Avery on this podcast. I need Avery. And she would have made it. (laughs) Start off um, telling listeners what it is that you do. What is your leadership role? Um, I am, my name is Avery Nesbitt, for everyone that's listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, I currently get to serve as the Executive Director of Operations um, for Victory Church up in Beaufort, Georgia. It's um, one of the many campuses of Victory Church uh, founded out of Norcross, Georgia. Um, the church is actually 30 years this year. Um, I've been in this role for just at 10 years wow. um, and just have been able to watch the organization grow over the past 15 years that I've been a part of the organization as a whole and just watch as um, just amazing things have happened right in front of us. We've been a part mm-hmm. of things that are much bigger than us and just been able to see um, all the way from miracles to very mm-hmm. practical everyday life change. And it's, it's been an amazing journey, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it and to see what the future holds. The story's not over yet. I know, I know. And so, so you're rare in that uh, a lot of leaders typically don't stay in a position beyond about five years, right? right. Burnout yeah. happens and, and they move on or life happens. So how is it that you've been able to stay for 10 years? Um, so I would say that in my role, I came in very much like in this early entrepreneur stage of our starting this other campus. And so in, in no matter what the context is, it's another, it's another branch. It's another mm-hmm. uh, extension of whatever your, your core organization is. So I came in on this high energy entrepreneur moment. And I can tell you in the 10 years that I've been there, we're probably only half of the original people, probably a little less than half of the original people and I've seen people come and I've seen people go but I know that my role has been to see something grow to its Mm. absolute maturity to see Mm -hmm. it reform to see it mature um, and then to push it even further Um, I just believe that the best leaders are that mixture between the hardcore entrepreneur and also Mm -hmm. the stabilizing um, captain you know they're Mm. they're able to push out and but they also know hey maybe it's time to focus on the team focus on the crew and so I think it's this I I live in this middle ground of charging the hill but also (laughs) turning around and taking care of those around me Um, and it, it it allows you to see things not in a matter of projects but in a matter of life change and life change happens over years. Significant change is a long-term investment. And so 
I'm much more of a long-term thinker and allows me to stay while others go. It allows me to maintain and grow while others are looking for the new challenge. And not that that's bad. That's just not how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. So. And see, that that's that's an important perspective, right? Because I think you get leaders that are either uh, one or the other, entrepreneurial or they're focused on building the team. Right. And so your story demonstrates the, the power in being able to stay in the middle with that yes. and know sort of when to lean more towards the entrepreneurial side or lean more towards the team building side. But it's an important thing that you don't forget that you're dealing with people. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And people evolve and people grow. And to be a part of that growth um, is an incredible thing. So can you t- go ahead? No, go I was going to say to me, that's one of the biggest shortcomings of yes. higher level leaders. I will yes. see higher level leaders that grow around people. And then they step into this place of leading, casting forth, reaching for vision. And they tend to forget the people that are supporting that vision. And I've seen higher level, I've seen high level leaders lose respect, lose perspective. Um, and it's about the project, not about the people. And those leaders are leading positionally and they've lost all the relational equity that they've gained. And, and for anyone that is out there, that is the beginning of the end of your influence. That's the beginning of the end of your, of your impact. Um, once you lose value of what you just said, once you lose value of the, the people that are around you. So I 100% agree with you. Yes. And I love that relational equity because relationships are the foundation of every organization. Absolutely. Right? We, we yeah. forget that you have relationships with your consumers or your clients, but you also have relationships with your team and your entire workforce. Absolutely. And failure to build that up um, will result in just... Failure. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying simply, to find yeah. a nice word yeah. and I was like, nope, you'll fail. You'll fail. Um, so I'm, I'm really passionate about understanding the person behind mm-hmm. the role. How come you're wired that way? You know, what what is your story? How do we have Avery Nesbitt that understands how to lead this way? Yeah, well, I think the story of, of Avery is... Uh, probably oversold and, and underrated, but the, <laughs> the, the story of Avery's, I, I, I went into the Marine Corps at 17 years old and got, Hoorah, and yeah. got bred, that's right, Semper Fidelis, and got <laughs> just beat into us, um, leadership, take charge, mm. accomplish mm-hmm. the mission, um, but also accomplish the mission with the Marines around you. No one left mm. behind. Um, and so, in the Marine Corps, it is put into you that there is a job to do and we do it together. Mm. The, the idea of the lone Marine does not exist. We are the Marine Corps. It, is a, it was team mentality. Um, when I came into corporate America, it was such a stark difference. It was, mm-hmm. I do my thing, you do your thing. If we have to work together, let's make it limited. Um, And that's why so many in corporate America are stuck in this churning and dissatisfied because we are not meant to be these 
these these individual contributors without a, a a unifying force. And so I was just never really satisfied. Um, I came to victory and I found the place that valued what I valued. It valued mm. unity. It valued collaboration. Um, and I was able to bring some of the get the job done, get the mission done and combine it with this unifying vision that we are all in this thing for something that's bigger than all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it flourished in me and I flourished there and it really allowed this, this sort of uh, relationship to form. Mm -hmm. Everyone grows together. That's kind and of I my have story. And I have to say, I see that every time I step foot into your campus, yeah. right? So one of the things um, Kyle, my husband, always gets on me about is I don't turn off my coaching and consulting <laughs> hat. Like I'm always walking into an organization assessing, like I could be in home goods and I'm assessing. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, there's some division in this team. Right, you know, right. I need to go offer my <laughs> services. They need, they need some coaching, they need help. you know, and I walk in and I marvel every single time at the environment and the culture that is there. Everyone has personal ownership in seeing things done well. And this, this collective ownership, right? It's like everyone matters. No one says, oh, that's so-and-so's job or let me point you to this person. Everyone's like, well, let me help you find that. Or right. come on, let me help you. And, and, and that is such, I have to tell you, that is such a rarity. Wow. It is rare. I cannot tell you in my travels how many hotels I stay at. And I'm like, hmm, who's your GM? Right. Because this team is fractioned. Right. It, it's, it's, <laughs> you're messing with the quality of my stay. Nobody's happy. Yep. Everyone looks overworked. I need to talk to your GM. Um, Absolutely. And I don't feel that. And, and, and I said, when it comes to leadership, you, you have done something that I think the world needs to hear about. I didn't want to scare well, you and tell you how many um, people listen and, and the different countries that listen. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> I didn't want to scare you, but I was like, no, 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 no. Um, this, this is that unique mix that is lacking in so mm -hmm. many different organizations. And to see you put it together... In such a beautiful way. Um, kudos wow. to you. I have, I have the utmost respect for you and your leadership acumen and just, just the way that you're personable with everyone. I see it in your team. Um, wow. People underestimate the mirroring that happens in leadership. Mm -hmm. Your team reflects you. It doesn't matter what you put on, what mask you put on to the consumer your team will ultimately reveal the person behind the mask. That's so true. That's so true. The, the, I feel like where we are, our secret sauce is, is something that, um, you, you know, I've, I will quickly get on the soapbox. <laughs> I don't have many soapboxes, <laughs> but I will quickly stand on this soapbox. I keep it with me is, uh, I, I, I believe that there has been an unfortunate lean mm -hmm. in, the direction of leadership with a 
bend of anti-management. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've heard things that have said, you want to be a leader, not a manager. Mm. Um, you, you don't want to, we don't need managers. We need leaders. And I cannot tell you how that angers me down to the core because the, the outcome, the, and you, you, you hit the word that we harp on the culture mm-hmm. where we are is one that has been built on an intertwining of leadership and management. Mm-hmm. Every leader manages and every manager leads. Mm-hmm. To attempt to separate them creates imbalance. It creates high operational effectiveness mm. with no soul. Mm. There it creates high strategic processes that is void of any joy. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a place that runs well, doesn't smile. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really want to be here, but you know how to do the thing very well. And the opposite is, is just as terrible. Mm-hmm. I really don't want someone who's super warm, but incompetent. Mm-hmm. That's also not helpful. I, I need you to smile and say, I'm so glad you're here. Great. Can you help me? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that is also not going to work. So we lean heavily on leadership, which is vision, which is direction, which is future casting. Where are we going? But we also lean heavily on management, which says, how are we getting there? Yes. What are the steps? How are we going to do it together? Um, I believe that most organizations, most leaders are overfed on leadership and underfed on management. They know how to get a job done, but they don't know how to do it together. Mm. The vision comes from leadership, but the togetherness, the unity comes from management. And so we combine both skill sets. We look for the best of the best. We go to the best the world has to offer in leadership. And we go to the best the world has to offer in management and we marry the two. And I guarantee you any leader willing to do what it takes to combine them into an effective, powerful culture will never regret it. You will never regret the time you take to spend making your culture one that attracts what you want and repels what you don't. We don't spend a lot of time telling people who we're not mm-hmm. because when something comes into the organization and it's not healthy, I believe it's like a body. It will heal the unhealth, but it will also push out the virus. Mm. If I get a cut, my body will heal it on its own. If I get an infection, it will isolate it and begin to, to deal with it. Um, so when you have a healthy culture, it reproduces and it protects. And we believe, I believe deeply, the best healthy cultures are built on a powerful mixture of effective leadership and excellent engagement with management skills that show you how to connect with people, connect with their heart and pull the whole person into what you're doing. With everything in me, Kim, that is the secret sauce of what makes everything that you just said. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, somebody sees it. Oh, this is so amazing. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, that's the secret sauce in what makes something like that happen. Intentional hard work of marrying the power of management and leadership and steps off soapbox. 
<laughs> and a round of applause. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well said. Well said. So how? Let me let me stay on that point. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Walk me through an example of how a leader can do that, because especially for someone new to a leadership space, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they may not feel comfortable or they may not even know how to balance the two. Right. How do so you effective, do that? effective leadership is right there in front of us. You, you, can, you can Google how to be an effective leader. You will get half a million results. Um, effective leader gives a powerful vision of where we are and where we want to be. They know how to broadcast the future so that it is as clear as today. Leaders tell us where we're going and they create that tension to why we should be there. Mm -hmm. I see beautiful pictures of places, but why do I want to go there? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's warm and has a beach. I'm down. Like, let's (laughs) go. I now have a vision for what this is all about. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's in the middle of the woods in a cabin. Yeah, you're not you're not selling it. I'm not I'm not with you. You know, (laughs) effective leaders can make us see why we are not where we need to be. And they challenge us to get there. We all can go to classes and sessions on how to, how to, how to build up our, our vision casting and then to develop a, a plan. Here's where management comes in. Someone has to now, now that we've been uh, inspired, someone has to tell us how to get there. Mm-hmm. There are countless people every year who make bucket lists and vacation plans and they never go. Because they don't have the necessary steps to engage their heart to follow their dream. Mm-hmm. So what an effective manager does is you come down off the mountain and you get down with the people and you connect with them one on one. And you say, hey, so you've heard the, the vision of, of where we're going. Here's what I think it's going to take to get there. What do you think it's going to take to get there? Mm. And you actually talk to your team about where the vision hit them. What do you think you could do to help us get there? What's the one thing you can contribute uniquely that can help us achieve that vision? And tap into where their heart is already engaging and you say, yes, give me more of that. Give me more of that. I call it playing chess, not checkers. Mm. I engage with each one of my team members the way they are wired, the way they need to be engaged, and I pull out the best from that person and I challenge them to give me more of that and I send them on their way Hmm. I don't manage Bill the way I manage Tom I don't manage Tom the way I manage Jennifer everyone deserves to be treated uniquely because they are unique but you know what that is that's called slow it's not (laughs) super fast you know what it is it's effective yes the end of the day I've engaged with people's individual wiring and I've been able to tap into what they're good at and they bring their best. And when you, when people bring their best, they want to, no one gives you a hundred percent because you tell them to give you a hundred percent. If they know that I am for you and I want what you dream to come to pass, they give all of themselves. Mm. And so management is getting down with people, engaging them on a one-on-one personal level we use things like myers briggs to mm-hmm. pull out your natural wiring we use um things like right path mm-hmm. to pull out your your natural wiring at work and i engage with my team 
on an individual level and it has never failed me Hmm. because we're all wired to be engaged as individuals, but in a group context. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your family, you are the hires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're still, you're still Dr. Kim Mm -hmm. at your core. You're still Kim. You want to be engaged as an individual in a group context. That is the fundamental definition of management engaging with your team one-on-one for the group, for the vision. That is how you combine effective leadership and effective management to inspire your team to do something we could never do individually. And, you know, so I have to ask, like, when does the book come out? Because, (laughs) (laughs) Because I can tell you, that right there, New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. You just you just answered a huge how and the biggest, I would say the biggest how of leadership, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So one of the things a colleague and I are working on is getting leaders comfortable with having an awareness like what you described of members of their team. And what we're, our primary presupposition is you have to be comfortable with yourself and your story before you're comfortable with anybody else's story. So what, what would you say leaders would need to work on internally in order mm-hmm. to get to that place where they could have healthy relationships. Cause one of the things I say, you know, people are often surprised with my coaching that I don't just focus on workplace performance. You know, I joke with them and I'm like, I get up in your business because I need mm-hmm. to understand how you're handling relationship patterns everywhere. And if you're right. not able to build healthy relationships elsewhere, don't kid yourself and think you're going to be able to build a healthy relationship in the workplace. That's right. That's right. Um, I I think the biggest thing that hinders people from saying, yeah, I'll engage with my team individually and and pull on who they are is because we often don't know who who we Mm -hmm. are without a high level of self-awareness. You're never going to be able to cross the line of, you know, others awareness. You're you're never going to be able to dive into their emotional intelligence if you are not emotionally aware you don't know who you are what are your strengths Um, I can't gauge with you as an individual if I have been numb to myself as an individual Mm -hmm. every leader before they decide they're going to dive into real management has to spend time investigating themselves Mm -hmm. who am I there is no I think me and you have talked about this before there's no work me Mm -hmm. and home Mm -hmm. it's just me Mm -hmm. it's just me and so who am I? Um, spend some time digging into your own EQ. Spend some d- time digging into your own biases. Spend some time digging in to you. Why, yeah, you know what you do. Mm-hmm. A, lot of us don't know what, a lot of us don't know why we do it. Or even when we're doing unhealthy things. Right. One of the most dangerous things that I've observed leaders doing is they don't realize how toxic they are. They're sort of like carbon monoxide, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they don't even realize how dangerous they are. But when you look yeah. at 
patterns within the organization, particularly turnover and retention issues, you're like, okay, wait a minute. The only people that are retained within this organization could be classified as enablers. Okay, Mm -hmm. what are they enabling? What's going on? And then you find out that the leader creates an environment where only people that give a pass to the toxic behaviors are able mm-hmm. to stay. Oh my gosh, I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it. I've sat across the table from yes. and thought to myself, how do you not see yes. what your impact is on this organization, on this team, in this room? To me, one of the most fundamental definitions of EQ, of, of, of self-awareness, is do you know your impact on the room? Mm-hmm. Do you know what you do when you walk in the room? Do you know what you do when you speak? Do you know your impact on the room? You can't even put a toe into these waters until you've taken the time to say, who am I? What do I do? Why do I do it? What am I deceiving myself about? Um, who can I go to that will give me open and honest feedback about, nah, you kind of are like this. <laughs> but this is also what what you're like. Yeah. Um, I think the... And I really think this, I don't think it's several steps. I think that is the number one step. That is the biggest step. Yes. To how do you even go here? You have to be self-aware. Yes. You, you, you have to. It is, the, it is the one prerequisite to a lifetime of investing in people, of calling people higher. You have to be self-aware. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because we're in an age of, I got to live my truth. And I always laugh <laughs> right. when I hear that because I'm like, the majority of us don't even know who we are. Right. We yep. don't know who we are. Because if we did and really took the time to take long, hard looks at ourselves, I'd be out of business. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. No one would need me. No one would coaching. need me. It would be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That is who I am. And that is what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. So so many good nuggets. So many good nuggets. Uh, what do you think is the number one challenge facing leaders today across industries? What What is the biggest challenge? The, I would say the number one challenge facing leaders in the industry, in the market, in the any area is we are entering into a marketplace wide private sector wide changing of the guard Mm -hmm. it is happening everywhere i see Mm -hmm. from these giant multi-decade conglomerates that are shifting power Mm-hmm. Either we've got a, a massive era of titans that are going to moving into retirement or already have moved into retirement. Um, I don't think a week passes where a major industry isn't having a shift in the top C-suites. Absolutely. It, it is a week does not go by. And even in private sector, even in nonprofit, from, from hospitals to churches, yes. there's this changing in guard. And so there's going to be a massive shift in values, a massive shift in what is important, a massive influx of um, young employees into the marketplace, what they bring, what this new guard is going to value. 
you're about to enter this cultural shift of how will we work together? Mm -hmm. How, how will we engage with each other? Um, And I don't think it's shaken out quite yet. And I see that way past all of the other issues as the biggest question mark facing leaders. We've got the older leaders that may be on their way to their nets, and we've got up and coming, emerging employees, emerging leaders that are coming into the marketplace. And now we have to redefine how will we work? How will we relate? What is important that was not important? What is suddenly important? What is the most important? You know, all of these things are um, a huge question mark. Huge question mark. I hire people and it you, you sense the shift in the questions mm-hmm. they ask. You sense the shift in the things that they're willing to say these are deal breakers. And um, I think we all need to very quickly not stubbornly sit back and go, well, that's not the way it's been done. You're right. And it's all about the change. Yes. And I feel like it's maybe every 30, maybe every 40 years, mm-hmm. the marketplace shifts. But we are in it. Now, we're not at the beginning of it. Mm-mm. We are in it. And anyone not paying attention is going to get swept away by it. I feel like that is the that is the biggest question mark uh, in front of everybody right now, if they're paying attention. Man, you, you just hit the you hit the nail on the head. That is one of the reasons I started this podcast. Because we are, um, one of my favorite books is uh, Thomas Kuhn's The Making of Scientific Revolutions. And he talks about this in, in, in a much more esoteric way, but we are primed. Disruption is happening. And it, it is, is when everything is falling apart and changing, that's when you have to make the choice to create new paradigms. And that yep. is what we're seeing. We're seeing, we're seeing it's it's no 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 you cannot hold people to the previous paradigms and this shift is different because you're right it does happen every 40 50 years this shift is happening at a rate that we've never seen before because of technology right. because of globalization because of this constant interconnectedness that we all have instead of this shift taking 30 years <laughs> This Mm-mm. shift is happening within the next five to 10. It is. In the last five years, we have changed the way we communicate. Yes. We've changed the way we relate. Mm-hmm. We've changed the way we, the way we get the work, the way we, it, every concept of how we work has been touched. Yes. Not dramatically changed, but widespread change. So you feel like, no, no, it's still Mm-mm. relatively the same. It's just this slow numbing of constant change Mm -hmm. and if you are not paying attention it's not just technology but it's how we are relating and expecting from one another and what you said is is the key we cannot hold people to previous paradigms to previous mindsets and expect it to work Mm -hmm. you're going to have a absolute rebellion yes on your hands as a leader yes um, and you will quickly become the outdated leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't have to. You don't have to. And you don't have yeah. to. No. And it, it's, it, you know, for, for people that are uncomfortable with change, 
you know, when you shift your perspective to this is an incredible time to be alive because it is a rare opportunity to tear things down and create something brand new. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to contribute to that narrative, to contribute to something that's going to have probably a century level worth of effect. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, after all of this, yeah, you can be the person that stood at the gate railing against the new or you can be the one to help usher it in Mm -hmm. and have and have decades of of influence and impact after you. Yes. And that's what I'm going for. Man. Man. I am so happy (laughs) I had you on. You know, I have to I have to give you. credit you know i'll let you tell listeners how they can get in touch with you and um yeah um but so when i did your podcast what was it last year Mm -hmm. Uh, it was last year when i originally started my company it was very much focused on nursing and healthcare. and Mm -hmm. after your podcast i started to get calls from people in other industries saying are you comfortable working with non-nurses? And I'm like, yeah, leadership, wow. leadership is leadership. Like it's, it's things right. that, you know, it's principles that transcend industry. It's not industry specific. And yeah. so I, I just wanted to thank you and credit you with that because um, it has had a huge impact on me and my company. Um, and it's, a- it's an honor to, to, learn from you and I am just so excited about all that you bring to the table and all that you're doing I I just you know you're one of those people you're just like watch Avery work you know (laughs) (laughs) watch Avery work and um kudos to you kudos I mean so much respect to you so tell listeners how they can continue to learn from you and and um get in contact with you Gotcha. Well, I uh, the the podcast that you were mm-hmm. on was definitely one of one of my favorites. We sat there and just most of the time just laughed. Yes, and and in between laughter, talked about these amazing nuggets of of just leadership and just pouring into people. But my podcast is leading his leaders, mm-hmm. and so we're on um, iTunes uh, and and Anchor also. But we're le- and the website is leadinghisleaders.com. dot mm-hmm. and we really do believe in empowering people to lead wherever they are and hoping something that we've said helps them as they're leading his leaders and then just allowing uh, the transference of leadership that skips over sectors and, and areas mm-hmm. and just says, Hey, here's how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And here's how you get the best from the, the people around you. So if anyone is interested, they can hop over to leading and, and just follow us as we try to learn from the best around us to treat on how to treat those that are around us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. This has been great. Tim. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. This has been cool. Thanks, Avery. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share and comment. You can also head over to www.drkimhires.com to learn about additional ways to connect with Dr. Kim. Join us next time to get another dose. Thanks for listening.